as you know, Denise is here today and Kevin, and we're just so blessed by God to have that opportunity to partner with them in what God is doing through them. And so um, this is your opportunity to hear what God is doing where he has them, you know, wherever, where, where, all the places that they go, that God will continue to bless them and give them strength as they continue their assignment. So we're going to ask Denise to come forward. Church, can we rise and just honor her? Hallelujah. 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 Come on, shout hallelujah. 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 You know, there's a lot of people here, but I can't hear you. Come on, shout. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's better. Let's just pray, shall we? Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your presence here. We thank you for this divine connection. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing in this place. Lord, we love you. We just ask you that we would, you would open the ears of our hearts and the eyes of our understanding to the revelation of your word, that you would speak to our hearts, you would challenge us anew, and Lord, you would lead us into new paths of faithful obedience. In Jesus' name, amen. Please sit down. It's wonderful to be here. Some of you will have received a, pre a prayer update. If you didn't receive one of these, please raise your hand and we'll make sure that you get one. Thank you so much. Now, if this is just some technicalities before we begin. If you want to receive our prayer update, we really need your prayers. We, you know, we do. We are out there in the midst of it all, and we need your prayers. So if you don't receive our prayer updates, and you would like to, please write your name, your email on this piece of paper. Can you hand it round, please? Thank you. That's awesome. I was asking the Lord about this service, and he gave me lots of words. So before I share, before I, um, before I um, show some video, I just want to bring you these words. I was out walking yesterday, and I walked under an oak tree. And here is an acorn. Now, you've all seen an acorn. You've all seen the potential there is in an acorn. Well, you know, the same potential is in every one of you. You have the potential of the seed of God in your life. And whatever you do with it is your choice. You can allow that seed to multiply and grow and you can be an amazing Christian or you can just let that acorn fall to the ground and nothing come out of your life. It speaks to us about our potential. Okay, so I want to challenge you today. I was asking the Lord, Lord, I want a word for this church and the Lord gave me 
a fairly long word. I have it written out. So anybody who wants a copy, I'll send it to the church when it's given. Okay, behold, this is a season of change. The transition is finished. There have been many hesitant, awkward, backward steps which resulted. But now know that it is the time. It is the time for new things, time to move on, time indeed to forge ahead, time to call forth prayer, time to pray, time to seek my face, says the Lord, time to listen for my voice. You have known my presence, says the Lord. It's time to draw apart to surrender to me again in a new way, that I may move again in ways unknown to you, only known to me. So stop looking naturally. Start looking supernaturally. For I long to raise up a spring, a river in a dry place, a spring of life, springing forth life in a dry land, in a thirsty place, Is this not a thirsty place? And have I not placed you here in my design and my purpose for such a time as this? You did not choose this thirsty place. I did, said the Lord. I have positioned you here among the thirsty. They do not know they are thirsty, but I do, says the Lord. And as you love them and reach out and love to them, the hungry and the thirsty will be filled. For have I not said, out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water, rivers in the desert, springs of living water, For each one of you is a spring of living water. Living water is to pour out of you. Out of each person, living water is to pour out. Every spring has a source. The source is the presence and power of my Holy Spirit. The revelation of the kingdom in your your lives. For creation is waiting for the revelation of the sons and daughters of God. For you have been in a dry place, controlled by the weather, controlled by circumstance and even difficulty. Remember the day when I came in power. Remember the day when I poured out my presence. It's time now to return not to old things, old ways, but to a hunger a desperation for my presence, that my glory will come in this place. This is a time to listen to me, not to people, for those who hunger and thirst will be filled. Those who listen, those who listen to them, I will speak. For there are many in this place to whom I speak, says the Lord. Listen, listen, listen. Do not be dismayed at the circumstances. You are a people of faith. Faith does not look at the things around them. Faith looks to me. Faith forges ahead. Nothing stops faith. I'm calling forth not just a faithful people, but a people of faith. Where are the Abrahams? Where are the Sarahs? Where are the Rahabs? Where are the Joshuas, the men and women of faith, bold, 
stalwart and strong. The Noahs, the Josephs, the Daniels, the Esthers, who will bring change, who will transform the culture in which they live. And in Romans 12, 1 and 2, it says we are to be transformers, not conformers. People who know their God and will do exploits. Hallelujah. That was the word the Lord gave me for you as a church. Now, Abby, is she here today? Okay. Well, I had a word for Abby. Okay, it was about faithfulness, that the Lord sees her faithfulness. She sees her love and commitment, and she's like a watchman on the wall. Okay, and Deborah Gardner was here earlier, and I had a word for her, because we've had regular contact with her ever since she left, and it was a cocoon a butterfly cocoon. It was curled, it was waiting. And the Lord wanted her to know that it's time for her to come out of the cocoon and fly, that she was born to fly because butterflies always fly. Okay, Ramona. I have a word for Ramona. I've shown you many things, says the Lord. You have a voice. And the Lord says, use your voice. Say the things that I'm showing you. Speak them out clearly and loudly because I've given you that voice. Hallelujah. And the pastors. The pastors, as the head, so is the body. It's time to seek me. Time to put some boundaries around your lives. Time to energize and strategize. Time to raise others up to do the works of ministry. And we, it's very clear in Ephesians 4, 11 to 13, it says there are the offices that are gifts to the body. The office of apostle, pastor, apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, and evangelist. And their job is not to do the works of ministry. That's your job. And their job is to raise you up to do those works. Okay, now your son-in-law, Laura's husband, Josh. I told him he, before he left that the Lord sees his hunger, he sees his thirst, and he's calling him to rise to his full potential. Okay, and the Lord wants the whole church to know that he's calling forth a people of power who will see in new realms. For the Lord says, I want to show you new things. Open the eyes of your hearts to bring, you, and those new things will bring you into new revelation. For the Lord wants to release more and more revelation. And Tammy and Nelson, they're somewhere. One here, one there. Okay, extend your border, <laughs> stretch out your tent pegs, open your hearts, move out to the left and the right. There are nations in your hearts waiting, waiting. Someone, people, nations are waiting on the other side of your obedience. Look beyond the natural. Look out to me, says the Lord, for I, to, I delight to bring forth the supernatural. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your words. Thank you, Lord. We've, 
they're spoken out. We declare and decree them over this place today. In Jesus' name, Father, in Jesus' name, we love you and we bless your name. Hallelujah. God is wonderful, isn't he? This year, I did nine conferences and six crusades in a month. Now, most people do one conference maybe a month. But no, we did nine conferences and six crusades, and I was still standing afterwards. Okay? And the woman who went with me is over 80. So where are the people who will travel? Let me just stir you. Let me just challenge you. The reality is that I should not be going alone. And to many nations, I am going alone. I want to just share a couple of things before I share what the, the dreams that God gave me. Um, and I was in this year. We did two conferences in and at the time I visited, there was a law sitting on the president's desk. That law said that would return to a state of 20 years ago at the beginning of the 90s when everybody who led anybody to Jesus Christ went to prison for seven years. That law was sitting on the president's desk when I was in this year. It has just become law. Now, the law says that anybody um, celebrating communion, anybody baptizing a new believer, anybody leading somebody to Jesus Christ will go to prison, period. Not for seven years, but nobody knows how long. It's a draconian law, and it will return to the years prior to the 1990s. So I want to ask you to pray for us closely watching is becoming a severely restricted nation. And I met with a brother this year who's been a missionary there for 15 years. And he told me clearly that we must treat this nation like a restricted nation. That we, in fact, must not speak about it on the internet. We must not speak about it as we talk around um, publicly because is watching is watching and there have been declarations made that by the year 2020 there will be no Christians in and no Muslims either so is radicalizing. I went to a resort town where we held a wonderful conference. They had a, a wall sign with all our names on it and we asked them to remove it. When we arrived in the town, we asked the senior pastor, is this a safe place? No problem here, no problem. But the brother who I know, who's been a friend of our family for 15 years, He's, the, he's a missionary in the region. He said, in the last six months, two American missionary families were expelled from this town. So we removed the sign speedily, and we just prayed and trusted God, and 
the bro brother who was the missionary and the friend said to us, it's a good thing I'm not speaking here because the people know me. So we just praise God. I do want to ask you, it's by the grace of God and the favor of God that I remain in nations that are becoming more and more restricted. So I want to ask you to pray. We are seeing more and more difficulty across um, Southeast Asia in these days. Okay. Um, we did four pastors' conferences this last year, and that was absolutely wonderful. And we had our brother Jason come and spend a couple of days with us, and I've wanted to visit him for many, many years, but it's never been possible. But this year, because our son Paul traveled with us for two weeks, we hooked Jason, and that was wonderful. And I want to share some of the things that Jason shared with me because truly it's just awesome, awesome. Um, but before I do, um, let me just share that I dreamt a dream. I dreamt a dream of children being empowered. I dreamt a dream of children knowing their true identity in Christ of abandoned children knowing and being educated and breaking the poverty cycle. I dreamt a dream of women in a sewing project, of, of women being empowered, widows with no hope, widows who 30 years ago would have been burnt to death when their husband died. They would have been burnt alive on the funeral pyre that they burnt their husband to death. I dreamt a dream of these women being empowered. And so we started a sewing project in the south of in a church that grew from 300 to 3,000 and now has 125 churches under them. And they're calling themselves Four Corners Ministries, not because we wanted them to. We told them don't do it, but they did it anyway. And so we've inherited all these churches and this amazing church where the women, a hundred widows, and we're training them, we're giving them sewing machines at the end of their six-month training so they can be self-supporting. We're training the children. You see, the children have no possibilities. They are the lowest caste. You honoured your kids here today. But you know, these children get no opportunity. Some of them cannot go to school. Some of them do go to school, but they get the worst schooling, ghetto-type schooling. There, there are no possibilities. And we, last year, we realized that it wasn't enough to bring the kingdom of heaven and the sowing project and the glory of God in the place. We have to do something to break the poverty cycle with the kids. There are 400 children, the children of these widows, and they have no possibilities. By the age of 12, they will be trafficked or they will be working on the boats or in the gravel pits. They're, they will not be able to continue their education. So we dreamt a dream. We dreamt a dream of computers, of computers and a, and a class 
twice a day so that children could not just learn computer skills, they could have assisted education and they could learn English. And so we would break effectively the poverty cycle. I, I approached an organisation in Philadelphia to see if they would help us, but we didn't make any progress. We believed God and we raised 10,000. It was just a miracle, really. In just a couple of months, we raised 10,000. We bought 20 computers. We need 12 more. And we are now underway with this children's initiative. Now it's just a pilot because all the families in the church are in the same situation. They may have husbands working but the reality is the kids get ghetto type schooling and they're all saying please we need help. So I'm challenging you today. We're going to show a video of it in just a second. I I dreamt a dream of a fence around a property in Uganda, 18 acres of land, and the robbers kept coming, stealing the solar panel that we put on the, on the water tank, stealing the animals, stealing anything they could lay their hands off, all because we have no fence around that property. Now that's three quarters of a mile. That's a lot of fence. So we finally got the message that we would plant trees around it, but the neighbours kept pulling out the trees. So we were still at square one. But this year, praise God, we put a six-foot chain mesh fence around the front of the property, right along the front of the property. There is now a six-foot chain mesh fence with steel poles concreted in the ground and razor wire at the top. So we've got one fence along the front. For 160 feet of fence, it costs $1,500. But we've got a fence on the front. We put a gate on the front because we're making a statement to the community. We're saying robbery is finished here. We are making a statement. So they've put this really fancy gate on the property, and a watchman has been employed. Even though we don't have fence around there, we've got fence on the front. And we're just praising God because we're putting fence down this side, and that side is where the robbers come from. That side is where we've had all the trouble with the neighbours. Now we're halfway down that side. We need... We worked it out the other day. We need $4,500 to finish the fence on that side. Will you pray with us? Because we need that fence. We need to make this property so the animals cannot roam over it, so the children cannot pick off the, the buds on the watermelon plants, so that, the, so that we can make this property self-supporting. This college... This Bible college on this property has gone from 10 students to 69 students in five years. Now, isn't that amazing? We are growing on that property, oranges and 400 fruit trees and lots of stuff. And when I went five years ago, there was nothing, just the buildings. So I want to ask you, please pray. 
we're going to show some video. Okay. And then I'm going to preach. So I hope you're, you're ready for that. It's coming. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And all because we dreamt a dream. We dreamt a dream to empower. You see, it's not enough to bring the kingdom of heaven. It's not enough to bring the glory. It's not enough to have people go to heaven and see Jesus and have amazing things happen. Are we right? This is taken with a drone in Myanmar where we had miracles in, in February. This is the conference we did in Karen State and drama and God just moved. Praying for the people the pastor, his life was transformed, his wife was healed, there they are there. He sent his word and healed them. Jesus said, care for the widows and the orphans. Here are the children. This is the class of children. We gave them school bags and Food before every me- every class they they get some food. More than four hundred kids need our help. We need twelve more computers. We must break the poverty cycle. There they are learning how to use the computers. Will you help us empower the children? We want to break the poverty cycle. The biggest cost for this project is giving the children food before each class. It will cost us $6,000 a year to run this project because of the food. The food costs are, are immense. A half of the cost is the food. Here are the women. It was wonderful to be there when we gave them their sewing machines. It's $100 for a sewing machine and a table. And that woman can then be self-supporting. Uganda, walking around the property. Wouldn't it be wonderful if some people came from here to Uganda? This is the property. And that's the watchman. Keeping the place 
best thing we ever did was hire a watchman. They poisoned his dog, though. And to get a really good dog costs $1,000 in Uganda. You know, a good Alsatian that will bite people. <laughs> now that's the tank stand and the tank. The students, some of them. The co-founder, Pastor Beatrice. Ah, oh, the girls. The girls in Uganda. I have to tell you in a moment. The trees. I mean, they start off the puniest little trees that have such a trouble surviving. We planted 15 banana plants this year and more trees. Okay, thanks, Nelson. That's awesome. And we'll put the next one up, and then we're done with video. And the next one, oh, I want to tell you about the girls in the bags, okay? You saw the picture of five girls holding bags. Do you know that these girls cannot go to the store and buy pads or sanitary equipment for when they have their monthly cycle? It runs down their legs because there's no money and they can't go to school because there's nothing and the boys embarrass them at school and it's really terrible and we went last year to a home in Iowa and this woman was sewing all the stuff and I said what are you making and she said I'm making bags for girls and I said what's that I mean 20 years 28 years I've been working in the nations and I never really realised the reality for these young women and for the older women, the tragedy for these girls, the embarrassment. And she said, I make these bags for the girls and the nations. And I said, please give me some. She gave me a box full. And I took some to Cuba and they said, please bring more. We can't afford to buy pads. I took some to, to, uh, to Asia and they said, please bring more. I took a few to Uganda. And the girls were so happy. Imagine, ladies, how would you feel if your child couldn't go to school because you couldn't afford to buy pads? They've just sent me another box full of pads, so, uh, bags for girls. You know, okay, the next one. Can we have it? And then we're done with video. <laughs> this is the share. This is our son Paul bringing the glory in the big church. We just opened this building, and many people went to heaven during this time. What a blessing it was to take our son to this church. Now, this is the man who's the missionary. This is the conference in Tooney where Jason spoke. It was amazing. He was amazing.
this was the conference. There's our son Paul and his friend Jason. This was a conference 250 in the Uruka Valley where the missionaries were expelled. Jason leaving on his bike. The scenery in Kakanara. It's a fishing village. It's a slum. The team, here we are opening the church. Four years ago, we laid the foundation stone. And we had to wear the special dresses. They made them specially. And there they are honouring us. And the children. The sewing project with the ladies. We're bringing hope to women with no hope. To children with no hope. Wouldn't it be wonderful if someone from here came there next year with me? The clothes they make, the children's educational initiative, the children need our help. There we are. I think that's it. Oh, no, here. Now, this lady went to heaven, and look what a little boy does because she's crying and crying. He's wiping her eyes and wiping her nose. This girl, I met her again. She came to our conference 10 years ago. She went to heaven, shouted, I've got a daddy, I've got a daddy. Had a revelation of God as a father. And she came back to our conference this year and she went to heaven again. And it was so amazing. You see, God's wonderful. He's amazing. He wants to bring heaven down wherever we are. There she is, this year. The books we give out. You know, we gave away $14,000 worth of books this year in India. The church at the Taj Mahal. This child has got HIV and we're just praying that she's going to be totally healed. She's an amazing worshipper. This is a church of over a thousand and they're all upper caste. Brahmin. Nepal. The drama, the butterfly. It's just simple drama, but the people love it.
Hallelujah. Thank you, Nelson. That's awesome. God's awesome, isn't he? In 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, If any man's in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. So when you were born again of the Spirit of God, you became a total new creation. The old life was finished, gone. You now have a totally new life. Your life has been hidden now with Christ in God. You are not a poor, miserable worm. You are now a supernatural being. You are now a heavenly being. You have a new heart. You have a new mind. The creator who created everything lives inside of you. When you were born again of the Spirit of God, you were restored to your rightful position of carrying the glory of God. Of Genesis 1, 26 to 28. You were made in the image of God. You were restored to the image of God. You were restored to be a carrier of the glory. You were restored to rule, to reign, to have dominion. That is your destiny. That is your hope. Every cell in your body has the DNA of God. Every cell in your body carries that DNA that says you are a new creation, the old is gone. So you have an advantage over everybody else out there and around you who don't know Jesus because you're a heavenly being. You're a supernatural being. Your home is not Allentown, Pennsylvania. Your home is heaven. You are a pilgrim on the earth. Your home is heaven. You are a heavenly being. In Galatians 2.20, it says, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who lives, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. You don't live in the faith of the Son of God. You live by the faith of the Son of God where Jesus' faith comes through you because you have Jesus' faith. Isn't that awesome? You know, we need a revelation of the word of the Lord. We do. So, my old identity was co-crucified with Christ and no longer lives. For the nails of his cross crucified me with him. Do you know that you were crucified with Christ? When Jesus Christ was crucified on that cross all those years ago, you were nailed to the cross with Jesus. Wow. That's something, isn't it? Then, do you know that when he died, you died with Christ. When he was buried, you were buried with Christ. When he rose, you rose with him. When he ascended, you ascended with him. And you are now legally seated with Christ in heavenly places. So you are now a heavenly being. You don't have to wait you don't have to ask God to send heaven down because heaven is in you. The kingdom of heaven is in you. Everything Jesus did revealed the kingdom. Everything he said revealed the kingdom. When he did miracles, he brought heaven to earth. 
When he raised the dead, he brought heaven to earth. There's no sickness in heaven. There's no death in heaven. There's no problems in heaven. When, when Jesus multiplied the food, he brought heaven to earth. Awesome, isn't it? Oh, just awesome. Do you know that we live by the faith of the Son of God who lives his life through us? The Spirit of God lives in us. We are seated with Christ in heavenly places. And in Romans 12, verses 1 and 2, it says, I appeal to you, brethren, and I beg of you in view of all the mercies of God to make a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting your members, all your faculties, as a living sacrifice, holy, devoted, consecrated, and well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable, rational, intelligent service and spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Be transformers. We're not to be conformed to the culture around us. We are to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. We are to be transformers. In Galatians 2.20, it shows us that we are heavenly beings. We are spirit beings. If our old identity has been co-crucified with Jesus, it no longer lives. The nails of his cross crucified me with him. And now the essence of his new life is in me. His life is in me. The anointed one lives his life through me. The anointed one, Jesus Christ, lives his life through each one of you. So stop confessing wrong things. Start confessing the word of God. We live by the faith of the Son of God. We don't live in the faith of the Son of God. We live by his faith because he's in us and his faith operates through us. In John 3, and we all know John 3, it tells us about Nicodemus. And it says clearly that only those who are seated in the heavenly realm will understand spiritual truths. You know, if we, in John 3, 12, it says, if you're unable to understand and believe what I've told you about the natural realm, what will you do when I begin to unveil the heavenly realm? Did you get that? If we can't understand the things that Jesus tells us in the earthly realm, how can we ever understand the heavenly realm? We've got to ask God to open the ears of our heart, the eyes of our understanding, so that we will understand the heavenly realm. Because in Ephesians 2.6, it says, we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. And in John 3, in the message it says, of verse 12, if I tell you things that are as plain as the hand before your face and you don't believe it, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things. And we have to have the revelation of the Spirit of God. On that video, you saw a woman go to heaven. You saw another one who'd 
been to heaven and went again. These people are walking in and out of heaven. And for 20 years now, we have had people in our conferences and around America and around the world going to heaven. They don't die. Let me shock you. You don't have to wait till you die to go to heaven. You can go to heaven right now. You can go to heaven wherever you are. You can see Jesus wherever you are. You can see the angels because they're here right now. Jesus is here right now. You can move into another dimension. But it takes a revelation of the Spirit. It takes us seeing with the eyes of faith. It takes that revelation of the Spirit for us to move into it. You know, I used to puzzle over how people could see me on earth, here, where I am, and see me in heaven. And we had so many testimonies of how they saw me in heaven, and they saw people who were with us in heaven. And it was really interesting, this brother... Jason, who spent a couple of days with us, it was like sitting at the feet of Jesus. It was so amazing, the things he shared. And in John 3.13, it says, No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man who is in heaven. Now, Jesus was saying there very clearly that he hadn't yet ascended to heaven, but he had descended from heaven, and yet he was still in heaven. Do you catch it? He, even though he was here on earth, his, he was still in heaven. His spirit man was lodged with Christ and God, right up there in heaven. He was seated with, with God up there in heaven. And so it made sense suddenly that people could see me on earth, and yet they could see me in heaven. Because when I was born again, my spirit man was lodged with Christ in God. And I was seated with Christ in God in heavenly places. Every one of you, your spirit man has been lodged with Christ in God. And you are seated with Christ in heavenly places. You don't have to wait for the rapture. Your spirit man is right there, right now. You are a heavenly being right now. Isn't God amazing? You see, Jesus Jesus clearly showed us that though he was here on earth, he was also still in heaven. Amazing, eh? It's so many answers to my questions. Over the last 20 years, we've seen people going to heaven in, in Myanmar, in, in Nepal, in North India. Just amazing heavenly experiences. And in Ephesians 2, 6, he, it says, And he raised us up together with him and made us sit together, giving us joint seating with him in the heavenly sphere by virtue of us being in Christ. When you were born again, your spirit man was lodged with Christ and God. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? So you are a supernatural being. You're not a, 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 just an ordinary person who lives here in Allentown. You are every one of you supernatural being. 
able to do supernatural things. You were raised with Christ, you were seated with Christ, and all of these things are past tense. It's not going to happen, it's already happened. You are a heavenly being. Isn't that awesome? You are supernatural by virtue of the fact that you have been born again and you became a new creation. Everything Jesus did was supernatural. All the miracles he did, everything. Everything he did was a demonstration of the kingdom. When he healed the sick, it was a demonstration that there's no sickness in heaven. When he brought deliverance, you know, one of the greatest features of Jesus' ministry, of Jesus' life, was deliverance. He brought deliverance everywhere he went. There was no deliverance in the Old Testament. It was the coming of the kingdom. It, 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 um, it made a statement to the world that Jesus had brought the kingdom through the deliverance that he brought. And in 1 Corinthians 2, verses 1 to 5, and you'll all be familiar with this passage too, it's Paul, and he's saying, I'm not coming with great teaching. I'm not coming with great wisdom. Because he was, he was a great teacher. He was a man of wisdom. He was a man of great oratory. But he said, no, I come in weakness and fear and trembling. I come with the supernatural power of Almighty God. And all of us, we are to move in supernatural power, the power of Almighty God. And then in that same passage from 6 to 16 of 1 Corinthians 2, it says, But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. You see, we cannot understand these things except by the revelation of the Spirit of God. Brothers and sisters, we all need the veil to be removed from our eyes and we need a revelation of the Spirit of God. But God hath revealed these things to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness. You see, if you try to read the Bible, just reading the Bible, you might as well read the newspaper, because you've got to have the revelation of the Spirit. The natural mind cannot receive the things of the Spirit of God. They are foolishness. It takes a revelation of the Spirit of God. Because the kingdom of heaven is about the glory. The kingdom of heaven is about the release of the supernatural. The kingdom of heaven is what Jesus brought to earth and what we bring when we enter a situation. I dreamt dreams. You saw the videos. I dreamt dreams of God moving, of thousands coming to Christ, of conferences across the Himalayas. I declared and decreed uh, it was all about faith. And moving in the supernatural is all about faith. Brothers and sisters, we've got to be a people of faith. And that prophetic word was all about faith. We've got to start declaring and decreeing. You see, the world says if we don't see it, it's not real. But the Bible says we, we believe it until we see it. I, I had a most wonderful two days with my friend Jason, and I just can't wait to meet him again. 
because I waited years to meet him, and it was so wonderful. And you know, nine years ago, he and his children were suffering severe persecution in the region they lived in. They were on the roof of their building every day crying out to God. They were praying 24-7. They were worshipping because the radicals in the region were coming to kill the Christians. And every day the neighbours said to the family, you'll die today. And every day they surrendered to Jesus in a new way. And they worshipped the Lord and they prayed and they fasted and they cried out to God. And one day they were on the roof of the building and the radicals came to the gate. They came with fiery torches. They were shouting, we're going to kill you. And they, they were praying and worshipping on the roof. And they banged the drum. And the neighbours in the nearby village heard the drum. And they rose up and they shouted, Jesus! And the radicals fled. They fled and the family was saved. And there were 200 children in the household at that time. And the next day, those children came home from school. And they ran to the chapel to pray. They were so hungry for God, the kids. And that day they started to go to heaven. And for eight and a half years, those children have gone every day to heaven. They go every day. They go in and out of heaven every day. That day, those children went for seven hours Jesus fed them in heaven. When they came back from heaven, the family wanted to feed the children. And the children said, no, no, we don't need any food. Jesus gave us food in heaven. And every day since, many of those children are going to heaven. And you know, it's amazing. Some of the children have grown up because it's eight and a half years. And they've moved to other areas of the nation. And they've got jobs and they've got married. But in the evening, they meet their friends in heaven. Isn't that amazing? The, one, the ones in the home and the ones out around the country, they all meet up in heaven at night. You see, God's amazing. I'm telling you things that are beyond your earthly, rational comprehension. I'm telling you things that if you can't understand earthly things, how will you ever understand heavenly things? God wants to do heavenly things in each of our lives. He wants to birth and release supernatural power. He wants to bring us into our true identity in Christ. There's a little girl in the household who started going to heaven eight and a half years ago. And from that day to this, that child has grown up a bit. But every day she goes to the gate to buy vegetables. The vendors come along to the gate and they shout eggplant, beans, corn, potatoes, and the family goes to buy whatever they're selling. And the child goes every day to the gate. She has no money. Did you hear that? She has no money. She goes to the gate to buy the vegetables. And she says to the vendor, how much? And the vendor says the amount. And the child puts her hand in her pocket and pulls out the exact sum of money. 
every day for eight and a half years. That girl has received money from heaven, put in her pocket, and she gives it to the vendor and buys the vegetables. Isn't that amazing? Isn't God amazing? You see, these are heavenly things. This is beyond our rational mind. This is everything we need is in heaven. The child needed a new dress. They went to the market to buy her a dress. But she's a heavenly kid. She wasn't much interested in dresses, okay? And they couldn't find anything she liked. She came home from the market and she went to the wardrobe. She opened her wardrobe and there was an amazing dress, the most beautiful dress she'd ever seen. She looked at the dress and she's so excited. She's clapping her hands, she's dancing, she's so happy. And then she looks closely at the dress and it's got no sleeves. Okay, now to you and me, that might not mean much. But in this region where this child lives, you have to have sleeves on your dresses. And she said, oh, it's got no sleeves. Oh, I can't wear it. It's got no sleeves. And that night she goes up to heaven and she sees the Lord and she says, Lord, Lord, I'm so happy. I'm so thrilled with the dress. But Lord, it's got no sleeves. I can't wear it, Lord Jesus. It's got no sleeves. And Jesus says, just wait. It's coming. It's coming. So she comes back from heaven. She goes to sleep that night. And the next morning she gets up and she flings open the wardrobe. And guess what? She looks at the dress. And the dress has got the most beautiful sleeves. And she's so grateful to Jesus because she's got the most beautiful dress. They had such needs in the household. And the household... They, you know, they've got 70 children right now and they had lots of needs for food and clothing and everything they needed. And, and they, they were praying and, and Jason said to the kids, when you go up to Jesus tonight, ask the Lord. Ask the Lord, please, Lord, we need some solutions. We've got all these needs to feed the children and for clothes and everything. And so the children went up to Jesus that night and they said to the Lord, Lord, Daddy says, please, what can we do? And the Lord said to the children, go, when you go back, tell Daddy the camels are coming. Okay, now... Do you know anything about camels? In the olden days, when the camels came, they came loaded, loaded with all sorts of goods, silks and clothing and, and linen and, and jewellery and everything. They always carried amazing goods, historically. So the children went back to their father, to Jason, and they said, Daddy, Jesus said you're to say the camels are coming. So every day, the family began to pray and declare, the camels are coming, the camels are coming. Thank you, Lord, the camels are coming. Thank you, Lord, the camels are coming. So time went on, and children went back to heaven, and Jesus said, just wait, it's coming, it's coming. 
And then one day, the people in the village, in the local town, began to bring clothing. And they began to bring food. And they began to bring all the different needs that the family had. And then one day, a woman from another faith came and she walked around their property. She walked all around and she looked up and she said, I feel such peace here. There's such a presence here. It's so wonderful here. And she opened her bag and she gave them $450. She said, I just have to give you this money because there's such a presence of something here. And the camels are coming to Jason's property to the children. Isn't God amazing? And, and one day, they were going to hold a big conference on the property. I was so blessed by this visit from my friend. They were going to hold a big conference for 1,500 people, and they needed to buy chicken and food for the conference. And the children went up to heaven and they go every day. They go up and down every day. It's so amazing. And, and the children said to the Lord, Lord, we're having a big conference. And the Lord said, yes, go, when you go back, tell Daddy and Mummy that just to buy 50 pounds of chicken, only 50 pounds, no more. So they get back to Mum and Dad and they said to them, you're only to buy 50 pound of chicken for the conference. Now, mum and dad knew that 50 pound would only feed 500 people, not 1,500 people. But, you know, when we love Jesus, we do what he says. And they didn't question it. They bought 50 pound of chicken. And they fed 3,500 people and a hundred children the following day. And the children went back to heaven and they said, Lord, Lord, we had this wonderful conference and we fed all these people. And Jesus said, yes, I know. He said, I was going to tell you to tell dad only to buy five pound of chicken. <laughs> but I thought he would be too worried. So I said, 50. You see, everything we need is in heaven. Isn't God amazing? Isn't he awesome? So awesome. Let me tell you a couple more stories. They had a land tortoise. I mean, I was so blessed by this visit from our brother, who's a missionary in that nation. And he's got all these kids. And every day, heaven is coming in his compound. It was so wonderful to meet somebody who it was happening to every day. He told us that he had a land tortoise, right? A turtle. And it only went on the land. But one of the new children put it in the pond. So the turtle died. And Jason was sitting beside the pond with his hand on the turtle, crying. And he's crying for an hour, a whole hour, over this land turtle. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. And one of the children comes by after an hour, and he says, what's wrong, Dad? What's wrong? And Dad says, well, one of the new children put the turtle in the pond, and it died. And the child reached out his hand, and the turtle came to life. <laughs> 
You see, everything we need is in heaven. Jesus wants to bring heaven on earth everywhere we are. Everywhere we are. And a final story. Do you like stories? These are wonderful stories. These are amazing stories because they're about heaven on earth. You see, they've opened a doorway, a portal between heaven and earth. And that's what we've done in the nations. We've opened a portal and heaven and earth have become one. Can you understand? You see, if you only look with the natural mind, you cannot understand. You need the revelation of the Spirit. And so, they have a fish pond on the property. You know, everything that's here on earth is there in heaven. Everything that's in heaven is on earth. They have a fish pond in heaven, on, on the, in the compound, sorry. And this fish pond, it's quite a big fish pond, and they fill it with tiny little fish, and then every, they fish it out. And the people, they eat the fish after they've grown and, you know, and there were no fish left. Not one fish left in the pond. They dragged the pond. It was just muddy water because it was hot season and the water had evaporated. The children go to heaven and Jesus said, want you to go fishing tomorrow at three o'clock. So the children go back to daddy and mummy and they say, we have to go fishing tomorrow at three o'clock. And daddy and mummy say, but there's no fish in the pond. But does that stop them? No, because if we love Jesus, we'll do what he says. If we don't love Jesus, we won't do it. Did you hear what I said? So they went to the pond regardless. They checked the pond. They walked through the pond. There were no fish, absolutely no fish. They dragged the pond with a big piece of cloth. No fish. So they're sitting by the pond, they're praying, Lord, Lord, send the fish. Lord, whatever you want us here for, do what you want. And then one of the children gets in the pond, and suddenly he's got a big fish, a big fish in his arms. And then all around him are fish. They caught 20 fish that day, 20, 22 fish. Amazing, eh? Big fish, not tiddlers, but big fish. And there were no fish in the pond. You see, that's the God we love. That's the God we serve. That's the God who wants to do super abundantly beyond what we could ever ask, imagine or think. That's the God who says to us today, you are supernatural people. You are not ordinary people. You are heavenly beings. Your spirit man is lodged with Christ in God. You are seated with Christ in heavenly places. And he wants to do what he's doing in heaven right here on earth. And he wants to do it through you and me. He wants us to dream dreams. I dreamt a dream for those projects. Kevin and I dreamt dreams for the children's project, dreams for the Ugandan fence. And by the end of the year, we're going to be one and a half times around, 
We're going to have a fence down one and a half sides. You know, God is amazing. I'm believing God for God to do amazing things. There were two men in the Bible who dreamt dreams. Isaac in Genesis 26, he dreamt the dream in an impossible situation. If you're dreaming a dream and it's possible, forget it. It's not God. That's the bottom line. Any dream that's possible is not God. You've got to dream the impossible and you've got to expect God to do the impossible. Wake up and be the people of God you're supposed to be. Isaac dreamt in famine. He planted seed in famine and he got a hundredfold harvest. Amazing, eh? It was impossible, yet he got a harvest. He didn't look at the natural. He looked beyond the natural into the realm of the supernatural. And we've got to stop saying we are natural people. We've got to recognize we are supernatural and we are to move in power. We are to move in authority and we've got to stop being wimps. Wake up and stop being a wimp. Start being the man, the woman of God that God's called you to be. And then we have in Genesis 30, 31, a crazy story. And if we were living by our rational mind, don't worry about the children. I'm used to children and dogs and everything in meetings. You know, and pigs. In Cuba, you get the pigs. They come. And so... So we have in Genesis 30, 31, we have a man who, if we live by a rational reasoning, we'd pull those pages out. This man dreamt a dream. He dreamt a dream of spotted, speckled animals. He went to his father-in-law, Laban, and he said, Laban, I want to go back to my home country with my wives and children. It's time I went back. And Laban said, what can I give you? Now, Laban was a bigger cheat than his son-in-law. Laban was a terrible cheat. Jacob was a cheat, a deceiver, you know, all those words. All ugly. And here was Laban, who was bigger than Jacob. And so Laban said, what can I do to help you? And Jacob said, oh, it's okay, it's okay. Just give me the spotted speckled animals. I don't want the good ones, just the spotted, speckled ones. And Laban says, okay, that's a great idea, I'll do it. But what does Laban do? He takes those spotted, speckled animals three days' journey away. And so Jacob's left with nothing. So now he dreams the impossible. Because you see, if we dream what's possible, we're wasting our time. It's not God. But he dreamt the impossible. And so he got some willow and some almond sticks and he peeled, he, he carved on the sticks and he made spots and speckles. And he put them at the watering hole. And when the animals came twice a day to drink, they saw the sticks. Because what we see is what we become. What we look at is what we become. What we behold is what we become. So be careful about what you're looking at. Because what you look at is what you become. If you're watching the wrong things on TV, if you're watching the wrong things on, on your phone, on anything, be careful. So 
The animals came twice a day to drink. At the watering hole, they mated. They had intimacy. Out of intimacy comes fruitfulness. They didn't have to struggle to make babies. It was a natural result of spending time at the watering hole. Brothers and sisters, I want to ask you today, what's happening at your watering hole? You think you have a choice to come to the watering hole. The animals had no choice. If they didn't come to the watering hole, they died. They needed water to live. If they didn't mate at the watering hole, they had no babies. What's happening at your watering hole? You see, when we come to the watering hole, the place of intimacy with God, the place where we spend time with God, then the natural result of spending time at that watering hole is fruitfulness. Because out of intimacy comes fruitfulness. I want to ask you today, when did you lead somebody to Jesus Christ? Anybody in the last month? Anybody lead anybody to Jesus in the last month? Nobody. You did. Stand up. We want to applaud you. One person in this big church led somebody to Jesus in the last month. What about the last six months? Anybody lead anybody to Jesus? Ramona did. Isn't that wonderful? Praise God for Ramona. Somebody else? Yeah. Yeah, I want... Yeah. Now, and our sister here. That's wonderful. But the reality is that what does it tell us? You see, the natural result of intimacy, of spending time with Jesus is that we will be a fruit. We will love people. We will draw them into the kingdom. Brothers and sisters, I'm challenging you today. Most of you here, how many of you are married? Raise your hand if you're married. How many of you have children? Okay. Was it hard to make those babies? Was it hard to make those babies? For most of you, it was not. You enjoyed doing it, right? That's right. Now, it shouldn't be hard for us to make baby Christians, to lead people to Jesus, to love them into the kingdom so that we bring forth fruit. So I'm challenging you today. It comes from the watering hole. It comes from spending time with the Lord. If you're not spending time with the Lord, well, then you're never going to lead people to Jesus because they're not going to see anything in your life that they want. You can only give away the love of Jesus if you receive it. If that love of Jesus pours into your life and you give it away, it won't be hard to lead people to Jesus. So I'm challenging you today. What's happening at your watering hole? What's happening? Are you spending time with the Lord? So I've talked about a number of things today. I've talked about dreaming a dream. Are you dreaming a dream? 
Well, Habakkuk 2.1 says, write the vision. Write it down so that it will happen. Write it down, declare it and decree it. You heard one of the young people up here today saying she's got a vision for her education. Without a vision, we're going nowhere. Without a vision, we're perishing. Start dreaming dreams. Start dreaming. It's not about age. It's not about how old you are, how young you are. All of us can dream. And God delights to do the impossible. So if you're not dreaming dreams, then you need to come and have prayer. If you're not spending time with Jesus, then you need to come and repent. You need to come and tell the Lord that you're sorry you're not spending time with him. You're not allowing him time to speak into your life. You're only coming to church. So the altar is open. You can come if you wish for prayer. And we would love to pray for you because the Spirit of God is here. He's here to touch you. If you want the heavens to open over your life, because you know the heavens are open. In every gospel where Jesus was baptized in water, the heavens opened over his life. And it never says they ever closed. So the heavens are open over your life. You just have to have that revelation of the heavenly realm. So if you want a revelation of the heavenly realm, we're happy to pray for you. I cannot give you a heavenly experience. That comes from God. But we can pray for you. And if you're hungry, God will come to the hungry. He will come to the thirsty. Thank you, sister. So if you want to come, you come. Don't waste our time. Just come. The Spirit of God is here. I'm going to ask the leaders to come and pray. I'm going to ask the pastors to come and pray. And we're going to anoint you all with oil and pray for you. Because the Spirit of God is here. If you're coming to get right about the watering hole, you just kneel down and pray. If you've not been spending time at the watering hole, you just kneel down and pray. And you just ask the Lord to help you. I need some water. Thanks. Hallelujah. The Spirit of God is here. He's here to touch you today. He's here to change you today.